We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a leading independent publisher with six decades of experience supporting teachers and school leaders. Learn about research-based, easy-to-use professional development books for your entire faculty by visiting us.johncatbookshop.com. This podcast is one of the podcasts that I recorded at FETC earlier this year. If you would like to have me come out and speak at your conference or at your district, please go to jethrojones.com and you can connect with me there. Thanks so much. Enjoy this interview. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am super excited to have Marlena Gross-Taylor on the program today. I've been a fan for a long time and meeting her in person is just as good as you can imagine. So Marlena, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thank you, Jethro. And it was super fun for me too. This has probably been one of the best conferences because I've met so many people face-to-face like yourself yeah. that I haven't had the opportunity to do before. Yes. that uh, The best thing about conferences is meeting people that you know online and follow online. And especially for me being all the way up in Alaska, <laughs> it is really good to come down and and meet people and get to know them. So for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and what you do now. Sure. So I am the founder of Gladiators, and we have a chat on Saturday mornings and it has just kind of exploded and evolved mm-hmm. to be more than just a chat to providing professional development to publishing books. And really, you know, the three tenets that Edge of Gladiators is built on is ushering in that new era of leadership, engagement, and advocacy for our students and for our profession. So those things I'm very, very passionate about because I've been an educator for 
Well, if I told you how long, then you wouldn't believe me if I said I was 28, because that is my line, you know, but almost 20 years, right at 20 years uh, being an educator. And uh, and I'm just so passionate about making sure that that learning experience for students is impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is that is the key that it needs to be something that they remember in a positive way and not just in a negative way. And so we're dealing with kids today who are experiencing things totally different from us and just the challenges that they face, the opportunities that they have. We don't even know what to do with a lot of that. And you speak a lot on uh, Generation Z and raising people and, and teaching kids in a digital way. Can you talk a little bit about the kinds of things that we need to know as we are teaching kids today that are different than certainly what we experienced? Absolutely. So several of the sessions that I'm presenting at this particular conference, but also across the country are around just that generation Z, the kids that are in our classrooms right now, how do we connect with them if we're not, especially if we're not a millennial, right? Because I'm not really 28, (laughs) not really 28. Um, Even that being 28, that was actually a, a hashtag that my middle school kids uh, came up to describe me when I was their principal. It's tw- hashtag 28 forever. So you mm-hmm. can use it if you're listening <laughs> and you need to use that. But they did that because they thought like, gosh, you're the coolest principal. And it wasn't because I was lenient because I'm from or the bayou. Or cool for that matter. Or, well, yeah, I am cool. <laughs> I did have a mohawk then too. But it was really because I wanted to be engaged with them in a meaningful way. And I let them, I embraced the technology and their their knowledge of it because it far exceeded mine and it still, it still does and will continue. And so being able to understand what digital technology and and digital integration, and it's more than just a PowerPoint and saying as an educator, Hey, I've, I've incorporated technology, being able to authentically do that and being okay with the kids knowing a little bit more about the tech piece. We know we're the content experts, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a big piece. So I'd lead a lot of sessions uh, helping educators understand that this is their love language. Technology is their love language. So not doing it is not an option. But how do we do so where it definitely extends their learning and deepens their their joy for whatever that topic uh, might be? Yeah. I know that graduation is not going to be as it has been in the past this year. In planning my own graduation for my students, I knew I wanted to make something special. I wanted them to have a unique experience that was different and hopefully better in some ways. One of the things that we did is we reached out to have a guest commencement speaker talk to us. And in doing that, I created a website called guestcommencementspeeches.com where you can go and request a guest commencement speaker to pre-record a short message for free for your students. Go to guestcommencementspeeches.com. And you can sign up to have your school get connected with a guest commencement speaker. So one thing that I've found is that we talk about them as though they are digital natives and they know how to use technology so much better than us. And the reality is the big difference is that they're just not afraid to break something on technology because they know that they really can't in most situations. So you and I grew up with computers that we could get into the terminal and DOS and we could we could wreak some havoc mm-hmm. and delete our whole entire hard drive, which I am guilty of doing as a kid. <laughs> but because of how our devices are, they don't really have that option anymore. So they're very comfortable just jumping in and playing with it. 
But why do you say that it's their love language? I've never heard technology described that way. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So when we look at the research around Generation Z, because they are the largest population, so they actually have more Generation Z, which which are the students in our classrooms and those that have graduated up to five years even uh, from now, from today, they're the largest groups, the larger than the millennials. And so our colleges, our researching colleges are doing more work around understanding them. And so they've identified some key characteristics of the generation. And one of the key characteristics is they've never known a non-digital world. And when we, when we say non-digital, like they've never known a flip phone. Mm-hmm. Right. They've never known a flip phone. Everything's been smartphone and and more yeah. advanced. So this is the very one of the bedrock principles of their generation is having that digital piece where Jethro, you and I had to learn how like we actually mm-hmm. remember when we didn't have computers in classrooms. Right. Yep. right? Yep. And I shared this in the in my sessions where we didn't have uh, we didn't know who was calling us mm-hmm. when the phone rang. That's scary. Right. If I see an unknown number, I don't know who the person is. I never answer it. Never that is my answer. default. Yep. Mm-hmm. Texting is our preference now. Yep. So we've actually learned from that generation different pieces that we like. Right. But when it comes to classroom instruction, other generations can still be very archaic. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to cherry pick what we like about the tech for our personal selves, but not making that connection in our learning environments that we're creating for our kids. So you have to have it, but I'll also say you have to have balance. So I talk a lot about uh, that as well. Just finished a session around creating those systems of success and having that balance. Because another hallmark of the generation is because they're so plugged in, they also struggle with interpersonal skills Mm -hmm. and with depression. It's easier for them to connect online than it is face-to-face like we're doing. So it's our calling, if you will, as Gladiators to Meet them where they are in, in the way that they love to learn, but also give them balance. And how do we how do we balance the high tech with the low tech or no tech and build those interpersonal skills as well? Yeah, I think that that is that is absolutely vital. I think one of the other challenges that we as adults face, and then I want to talk about some strategies for for teaching them those no tech low tech skills. But one of the other challenges that teachers face is that. The technology that we have to use for school, like our student information systems and different, like how we register for an absence or whatever, those things are so difficult to use that even someone like me, who's very comfortable with technology, I get frustrated all the time because those are difficult. And the difference is that our kids are using apps like uh, Instagram and Snapchat, Mm -hmm. where it is, it's very easy for them to figure out what to do and how to use it. And so part of our frustration as adults is that we don't, we're frustrated by the technology that we're given. And so then we struggle, you know, relating to kids when they seem to pick it up easy, but it's designed much different. You know, Mm -hmm. it's designed for interaction, whereas our student information systems are not designed that way. And they're too complex for us to be successful with them. So let's talk about some strategies for helping kids develop the low tech and no tech skills and how do we pull them away from their love of technology and teach them how to interact with each other better and appropriately? Sure. So I think if we want to start this conversation of how do we create balance and teach them balance, it goes back to planning. Mm -hmm. There is, of course, a lot of research around screen time and and the effects of too much screen time. And so I challenge uh, teachers and leaders to really think about 
Are they giving their teachers, first of all, are teachers having the time, I should say, to plan together mm-hmm. so they can actually know what's going on in their classes? And when I say plan together, not by content, are they having time to plan together as a team across content areas yeah. so they can balance how much tech a student is experiencing through the day? Right. right? Yeah. And so maybe if one class, if your social studies class is doing a huge project and it's really, really heavily based with using, you know, technology and digital resources or how they're presenting their learning, then maybe in, in the language arts class, they need to do low tech, right? Or no tech. And same for the others. Like, how do we bring in those kinesthetic learning pieces that generally all kids still love to do. They love to do things with their hands. That's why elementary is so fun because they get right. to cut and glue and, and make a mess, right? So balancing the tech with the making a mess, the messiness of learning, I think mm-hmm. that's a key way, but you have to be able to plan together to know what the teacher on your team is doing. So that's huge. Yeah, and that is really important also because when you are in a silo, you know, what you're doing could be replicating work. It could be missing key points and that planning together is just super important and something that I learned early on in my career when I was able to plan regularly with the social studies and the science teacher as an English teacher myself. And what what we found was that we could help each other with the content we were teaching and we could blend things together so that the kids had a seamless experience going from one class mm-hmm. to another. And when that happened, it was like magic, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know they would learn about something in the one class then it wouldn't be like this silo where you forget everything there and you come into this other one because that's not how real life works. And sure. when you can have those that, that blending of ideas and thoughts, then it teaches them how to apply the things that they're learning as well. One quick story about that is I, I was the English teacher, so we do a lot of writing and a lot of reading. And um, we would use audiobooks and we'd use voice text-speech technology, which is so much better now. I I would love to be there doing that now. And then my social studies teacher, he was super old school and almost never used any technology. And what we found was that we could have him use some technology to speed things up and not use technology to intentionally slow things down so that the process of writing with your hand make forces you to think a little bit more because it's not quite as fast. And that was a really eye-opening experience for us that we didn't know we were doing it. We didn't like plan on it that way. <laughs> it just but had... we just saw, wow, these kids are more thoughtful when they're not typing it out on the computer. They're more thoughtful when they're just writing. And then they don't write as much and they're not trying to fill a page. They're trying to give the, the answer that mm-hmm. is what we're looking for. Which So that's just a good illustration of, of what you were talking about. What are some other ideas you have for teaching Gen Z? So um, another piece and that I think is important, we don't talk about enough, actually. And this is not just a Gen Z necessarily um, strategy. This is an all kids strategy that we probably should have been doing more of. However, because the technology, as you mentioned, has improved, we absolutely need to make sure as educators, we have more than just a working knowledge of these things. Mm-hmm. So assistive technology is a huge piece that we're just not talking about. And I want the conversation to start including that. I would say, Jethro, like in all of our schools, we have students that struggle, whatever it might be, whether it's a physical disability, a learning disability, whatever it might be. And they have 
in schools, assistive technology pieces to help facilitate the students learning in classrooms. Mm -hmm. Yet very little training goes to the gen ed teacher around that tech. Right. right? So we need to make sure we're including our gen ed teachers in the training around the assistive technology and I think that's going to, you know, further make those students feel included when they are in an inclusion setting, yep. as well as normally if something works, like even a voice to text, text, right? I don't need an IEP as a student. If that works for me and I can get my ideas across better, right? Yeah, then exactly. I should be able to do that, right? Now, that's not a separate, you know, assistive technology device, but that is something that is used quite often and considered assistive tech, right? So I think if we kind of look at, first of all, the assistive technology pieces, what is that actual tech? What are some of those pieces that's just great for all students that they should be able to use and make sure our teachers, our genetic teachers are trained in that so they can incorporate that in their classrooms where appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So an experience in my district that happened just last year was we had a subscription to read, write web or something mm-hmm. that could tie into the Google Docs and it had all these assistive text text features in there. And so you could speak to it and it would write for you. You could have predictive text so it would tell you how to spell correctly. Mm-hmm. And our special ed team and our general ed team, nobody knew what this was or how it worked. And every time I logged into Google Docs, I saw it because it was a plugin and it was always there. And I was like, wait, you're not using this? <laughs> and they were like, no, what is it? And I was dumbfounded because it's this tool that is totally available and totally accessible and anybody could use it. And here's the amazing part. And the reason that I found out about it was because my daughter, they were having her type stuff. And I was saying, she should be able to write more than what she's doing. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And we investigated it and it's shameful that it took my daughter and me being engaged with her to see what was wrong. But then I saw that we had this tool that nobody was using. And so then I showed them what it was. And then all of our, not all of them, but a lot of kids started using it. And all of our kids produced more mm-hmm. because they could, because they had the assistant that they needed because we taught them just a little piece of accessibility. And I think that that is so important. You're right. It's not just for kids who have disabilities. It's for any kids who need to communicate and if it'll help them, then they should totally use it and there shouldn't be any restrictions on it. And we should just make sure that everybody knows what tools we have available. Especially since so many districts are one-to-one, right? So many of our districts now are one-to-one and, and that's how you move it from your laptop or your one-to-one device being a glorified worksheet. Right. Exactly. Yep. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications, whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes. So what is one thing that a principal can do this week, Marlena, to be a transformative leader like you? Well, they could be 28. No, they can truly (laughs) adopt that mindset because that's what it's about. And that's what I talked about, um, you know, this week at this particular conference. And it's a mindset. Like everything is a mindset. And so 
like I said, that is my reminder to stay current, which means that as busy as I am, mm-hmm. I have to be intentional about learning uh, things that I didn't know before that could help my students, right? Or that I'm expecting my teachers to do, especially when it involves technology. So having that mindset of, of being 28, of being current, right? Also that mindset encompasses being able to ask students what they like, what do they want to see? Mm-hmm. And the best way as a leader that I've ever found to do that, go to the lunchroom. Yeah. Go to the lunchroom have that as a space where, because kids are going to sneak into it, whether you say they can't have their cell That's phones true. out or not, but have that as a space to really engage students in a non-instructional setting. Mm-hmm. I often would go through and um, <laughs> this is a secret here. So my <laughs> sons will probably be a little embarrassed, but I would have them go through when, when Pandora was a thing, now it's Spotify and they still do it for me, go through and say, okay, hey, what are the kids listening to? Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. what they're listening to now isn't something that I would necessarily listen to all the time. But I want to have those things on my phone, right? And a wide variety because my, mm-hmm. my children have a, a vast taste in music, which I love. I would go in the cafeteria during lunch duty and, you know, talking with, with my students and, and ask them, hey, what's on your playlist, right? Mm-hmm. What are you listening to or show me or if they're playing a game? Like, tell me about that game that you're playing, right? right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then be able to, to navigate into, are y'all doing game-like things in your classroom? Would mm-hmm. you like to do those kinds of things? Or for my hardcore, like, music kids, like, are you able to share, like, your passion for this type of music or are creating or whatever, you know, into the classroom, being able to have those conversations is huge. I mean, in my middle school, we started a, a dub class, a dub music class as an elective because mm-hmm. you have that freedom in middle school. Right. Middle school is the best. Right. It is the best. <laughs> but we, they were in a lab and they were making beats. I mean, mm-hmm. hello, I've been in Nashville, right? Yeah. That's an important yeah. piece. We had songwriting classes, but we had the, the making the beats class and, it was amazing. We wouldn't have known that though, had we not had I or my band teacher not gone in and talked to students to exactly. see what they wanted to mm-hmm. learn. Yeah, absolutely. That's really valuable. We had a uh, step team that started mm-hmm. at our school, which was just amazing. I'll send you the news video about oh, it because it's, it's so cool. So the final question that I ask everybody is, is Bigfoot real? <laughs> Okay, Jethro. All right. So probably if you're listening, you're probably like, okay, she's not from Louisiana, but I was born in the bayou. I know my accent may not come out all the time because I have a minor in theater, but Bigfoot is real. I believe it. I don't need him to tap me on the shoulder to prove that he's real. It's called having faith, Jethro. Bigfoot Bigfoot. exists. Okay. Um, and I will have you know, I was talking to Derek McCoy earlier, and he said that Bigfoot is thousands of years old. Oh. So he's on board now, too. He's you, on board now, too. You convinced him last night. He was talking about Bigfoot yeah, last yeah. night. He didn't want to. No, he didn't want to believe, but you convinced him. And maybe if you're listening, she has convinced you also. Uh, how do people connect with you and learn more from you, Marlena? Okay, because I'm 28 forever, you can uh, find me on Twitter at M. Gross Taylor. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Our IG, as the kids say, That's right. <laughs> right? Um, uh, MG Taylor 29. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can go visit my website as well, MarlenaTaylor.com. Really simple, really Great. simple, but I'd love to connect. Excellent. Thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. Thanks for having me. This was episode 328. You can get the show notes at transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 328. 
Hey, this is Jethro. Thanks so much for listening to that episode of Transformative Principle. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I want to remind you, I am going out on my own. So I'm looking for uh, opportunities to help schools implement things that are related to student-driven learning. So if you'd like to work with me, please go to jethrojones.com and you'll be able to enter your information there and we can schedule a chat to talk and figure out how we can help move kids forward and be in control of their own learning. Thanks so much. That's jethrojones.com. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.